The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for thevikingage.com. And as always, I'm joined by Chris Shad, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as Zone Coverage, and bring me the news. Before we start today's show, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and like this video. And if you already are, we appreciate that. And make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. All right, we got a couple things to talk about today. It's pretty slow in Vikings land, pretty slow in NFL world uh, overall. But uh, before we get started today, Chris, the, the Bengals revealed that they will be wearing a white helmet for at least one game during the upcoming season. The Bengals are one of a few teams that have announced this year that they will be wearing an alternate helmet for at least one game in 2022 with, uh, I believe, the Texans, Patriots, Saints. The Eagles are going to be wearing a black helmet. Um, and the Falcons uh, have all announced they're going to be wearing an alternate helmet for at least one game next season. So looking at the Vikings, you know, would you like to see them roll out with maybe uh, a white or a black alternate helmet slash uniform in the near future, or maybe just another different kind of uniform. What, what do you think? This might be dating myself a little bit, but I think the purple helmet is a bit of a tradition. Yeah. Like that's the only helmet that the Vikings have known. Some of these other teams have had different helmets. Uh, I think that the Bengals one is spectacular. Yeah. It makes sense. It blends in with the uniform. I don't think a white Vikings helmet blends in with a purple uniform or even like the all white road uniforms, which people love so much, uh, a yellow one. No, thank you. And black. <laughs> I, I don't understand the obsession with getting a black Jersey. Is it just because everybody else has one? Because if you add black, you basically look like the Ravens, which the Eagles have done it too, but they have green. So, I mean that black and purple, I, like, I, I don't understand why people like, complain about the Vikings jerseys. They're fine. Yeah. No, they're like, good. The the only thing that they should do is go 
to the 1990s road jerseys with the little patch on the side or the yeah. little stripes. The stripes. Like that's yeah. that's the only thing. Like if I were to make one alternate uniform for the Vikings, that would be it. It'd be like a white color rush with a purple helmet. So the Vikings don't need another helmet in my opinion, but maybe it's a get off my lawn moment. <laughs> I think so. I think it's a lot of younger fans cuz you see like the the Oregon the Oregon mm-hmm. or Oregon uh, I don't know, Oregon uniforms, and they have like 70 different combinations, and there's other schools like that. Um, and even some of the N- NFL teams, uh, you know, have a bunch of different alternate uniforms. Um, I myself would like to see like a black uniform. I, I, I am one of the people that would like, I've wanted, I've wanted one for a while. I know former Viking Brian Robinson is someone who wanted a black uniform. Um, I think it'd be cool just to have like a night game one night where, you know, the whole crowd's decked out in black and then the the team has they got black helmets, black jerseys, black pants, like it's just a, a blackout. And then if you have a good game, then you just carry that, you know, tradition on. I just think it's a different look. Um, it's also another way for a team to generate revenue because it's just another jersey that they can sell. Because um, I, I like the color rush Vikings jerseys. I'm like, uh, they're OK. Like it's too much yellow for me. I don't I don't need that much yellow uh in my life like people like the people who say like oh it's you an all yellow one i'm like so you want them to look like a bottle of mustard like i i don't i don't ever understand that one because i just remember the um i want to say it was like the bucks and rams (laughs) i want to say it was the bucks and rams who played back in the day it was like a matchup of ketchup and mustard they had the, the two uh color rush uniforms going against each other I don't mind. I don't mind the Vikings color rush uniforms. I just, I, I would, I don't know. I like the, ba- I like when the Bengals go all white. I think that's really, yeah. Like, really Th- those are spectacular. Yeah. Um, you know, the color rush ones, I don't mind, obviously, because I yeah. own one, as you saw. Yeah. Now I need a number four jersey, apparently, but you do. It's not happening that's because vintage. I don't think he's, I don't, yeah, it's a throwback. Um, it's a one year throwback. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I forgot what and I was I like when say. the Vikings you, go you have, to, you have to be careful, though, because so I, I remember in 1998, like all the jerseys sold out so quick that they put out this yellow. Uh, it was like a gold one. So it wasn't like a yellow, yellow mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. But it was like yellow and it had purple numbers and it had the outline. I got one for Christmas. It was awesome. Then like five years later, it was like, why do you have a yellow Randy Moss jersey? This is weird. <laughs> you have to be careful because the Minnesota Twins – uh, back in the 90s, actually dropped some red uniforms. And uh, everybody thought it was a good idea. They actually have red uniforms now. But back in the day, this is just a red uniform, no gold. It had blue trim and white letters. And Ron Coomer said they all thought they worked at Dairy Queen. So they warmed twice. And they got beat so bad, Tom Kelly took all of them and threw them in the dumpster and said, we're never wearing this again. And the Twins, outside of their current ones, which aren't very good in my opinion have never worn uh those red dairy queen uniforms as they call them yeah that's what i'm saying like if if the vikings do the all black thing and they wear it and once and they're terrible then yeah get rid of them but you know what if oh mike zimmer would have burned them on the field that's the thing too with like kevin (laughs) o'connell with kevin o'connell leading the ship now and quasi i feel like they're they're probably gonna be more open to doing something like that where they have a an alternate alternate uniform and them being younger and more i guess hip to what their their players want like justin jefferson i'm sure would love to have like an alternate uniform 
uh, with the Vikings. I don't know. There's just the Vikings have a very nice uniform, like very their regular uniform. I think is one of the best uh, in the league. Probably this is biased, yeah. probably speaking, but it, it's, it's one a of great the best blend Nike of like ones for yeah, sure. It's, it's a great anything. blend of classic and modern, you know, uh, design. I feel like, um, but you know, people always want more, and that's you know something that might happen in the future. But I'd even be fine if they went back to those throwbacks that they wore during like the far the far era, like the sure the, the dark ones. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, first topic today is is about a former Viking, uh, an old older Vi- older Viking, uh, Mister Jim Marshall, former Vikings defensive end. He spent 19 seasons with the Vikings. He was part of the legendary Purple People Leaders defense. uh, And he was recently one of 25 senior players who were named a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. Now, this group of 25 will be trimmed down to 12 at the end of the month. And then in the middle of August, uh, up to three of the 12 finalists will be picked for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class. Of 2023. Now, real simple question, Chris. This is something that probably has been talked about for a long time with Vikings fans. Does Jim Marshall deserve to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? By association, yes. And if you look at his stats, which Vikings fans love to do, especially a certain section of them, (laughs) uh, the the numbers, yes, too. Uh, Jim Marshall has 130 and a half career sacks, according to Pro Football Reference. Went through and, uh, Looked at all of them. Uh, unofficially? And unofficially. I was getting to that point. But he's <laughs> tied for 22nd all time, according to Pro Football Reference. Yep. The problem is what you mentioned. It's an unofficial number. So if Jim Marshall, you know, at what point do voters accept those as the numbers? Like right. the NFL has never released an official number, which is stupid because I think they should. There's got to be an intern somewhere that just Roger Goodell goes to and be like, hey, count all the sacks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, not hard. You have all the, you know, film, apparently, yeah. right yeah. at your fingertips. They should. They should. So, I mean, especially if a site like this can do it. So, I mean, if we're looking at that, and, you know, people will bring up the wrong way play. People do dumb plays all the time. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's egregiously bad. I mean, it's pretty funny to watch, but he was a member of one of the most prominent defensive lines in NFL history. So it, it's not something that I'm like, you know, going to glue myself to the floor at a Timberwolves game over. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. should get in. I mean, yeah. just on the, what I just said, he should get in. And plus he was the master of longevity, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, longest before, before far streak before Favre. So, yeah. Um, he still holds the record for, for de- defensive players, though, uh, for mm-hmm. most consecutive starts with 270. Here's the thing with Jim Marshall that I've always felt like. If he gets in, I I have no problem with it. If he doesn't get in, I have no problem with it because I feel like mm-hmm. he's in that class of players that you can look at right now. You look at like uh, a Chad Greenway or an Everson Griffin, someone like that who had a very good career and put up very good numbers but not elite. They weren't like elite. Like Marshall was a two-time pro bowler. He made the second team all pro team once in his career, his career high, his single season career high was 14 sacks. Um, you know, 
back in the day, maybe that was awesome numbers. And you mentioned how he's, you know, twenty second all time unofficially in in sacks. He's second all time unofficially in Vikings career sacks. Uh, but he also needed like nineteen seasons to do that. So it's not like he he was uh, racking up ten sacks a year, or else he would be he would be in the Hall of Fame easily. Um, but he is in the Vikings Ring of Honor. He is one of six Vikings players to have their number retired by the team. Um, and there are 26 players behind Marshall in the unofficial sack standings that are in the Hall of Fame. So he's got the he's got the the numbers. It's just uh, you know, for some reason he he hasn't gone in. And I think um I feel like one day he's going to get in. I don't know if it will be this year, but it's just I just think maybe a year when they're not going to have so many big names. Because I saw like what Richard Seymour is getting in. I know he played defensive tackle, but he had like fifty sacks his entire mm-hmm. career. Um, and he, but he was thought of more of like a, a pass rushing defensive tackle than uh, than like a, just a Pat Williams or something like that. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he got in. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. And he's a defensive end too. And I'm yeah. looking at his stats here. He only had four seasons with ten or more sacks. Yeah. They were playing less games back then, so you yeah. only had 14 in a season compared to 16. But uh, when you play for 20 years, yeah, you're going to get to that number if you play as long as Jim Marshall did. So I could see the argument against it, but I don't. I, I'm with you. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I think older people might be a little bit more upset depending on what they believe, but. Um, it's an interesting debate. I mean, sure. seeing some of the people that are getting in. Yeah, and I think the I think the consecutive starts thing is is something that should be heavily weighed too because that's hard, especially as a, a defensive player when you're you're trying to hit people. Uh, you're putting your body on the line, especially back in that day when you wore like no pads. Your helmet was terrible. There's not many rules, and this guy started 270 games in a row. Uh, so that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, Cal Ripken got in, in the Baseball Hall of Fame, given you know he had a bunch more Gold Gloves and all that 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 stuff. Uh, but his his streak was thought of as like the this godlike figure that that is a big reason why he got in the Hall of Fame. So uh, you know maybe uh, Jim Marshall should be thought that way as well. Um, as far as an, we've talked about this, I feel like a few times. But as far as the next player to get in, in the the Hall of Fame, who is a current or former Vikings player. Um, who do you think that will be? Jared Allen. Yeah. It should be Jared Allen. Yeah. Um, on Pro Football Preferences list, which I have in front of me, Jared Allen is 16th. And of every player ahead of him, only Terrell Suggs and Demarcus Ware are currently not in the Hall of Fame. Because they're not eligible, I don't think, right? Correct. They I think where might in the be Hall of Fame I think soon. Where might have been a finalist last year? But mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're too. So I mean, yeah. those two will get in. So I mean, I think it's only a matter of time. I I don't think Allen. Like, obviously, he doesn't have the Super Bowl ring, but neither does uh, Demarcus Ware. So yeah. unless did he get one with the Broncos, or did Marcus he jump Ware? on? Yeah, uh, I think he did. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty fifteen. So, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. he'll get in. Um, like Sogs is Sogs, so yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know about him. Like he's Terrell Suggs. I feel like is is more in that category of like like a Jim Marshall or or like a Everson Griffin. Where like 
they were he was really good, but was he the best like piece of that Ravens defense that had Ed Reed and Ray Lewis in all those years? I don't know. He was a pretty was damn good. good one. He led he the good. NFL in sacks a couple of years, if I'm not oh, he mistaken. Did? Okay. okay. Yeah. Let's see. Look on his um, name here. Yeah. So Jared Allen, uh, I think just yeah. based on the fact that you could get a, a bust in the Hall of Fame with a mullet, I think is a, a big reason why he should yes. uh, he should go in there. Um and then once Okay, so go ahead. If you're oh, you you're looking up. Yeah, so I was looking up uh he led the league in sacks. Okay. But he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons with ten or more sacks. Which I mean you have He's more opportunities to do in today's game because yeah. teams are dropping back to pass more. So yeah. yeah. Um, Adrian Peterson is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Yes. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. So, why, so just retire, dude. Just I he, he needs money. To play. You know why he's not uh, retired? Oh, I know, I know he does. Yeah. But don't you get? Don't you get like a? Well, I guess he would have to wait a certain amount of years. But I feel like don't you get like a pension or something if you make the Hall of Fame? I feel like you qualify for a certain stipend or something. Um, he Kevin Williams camel. Does Kevin Williams get in the Hall of Fame? I think he's a six-time All-Pro. Yeah, I would. I yeah. would say so. I guess Harrison Smith. The Viking, Vikings players are so hard because they don't have any rings. Like you mm-hmm. know, I think Harrison is a All-Pro right now, or I mean All-Pro, Hall of uh, Famer, first ballot. Or no? what, if you're if you're one of the best at your position at for a prolonged period of time. You yeah. should get in. Jared Allen was one of the best pass rushers in the NFL for yeah. a good five, six year stretch. Kevin Williams was one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL for, yep. you know, six time all pro. You said it. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Smith, same thing. He was one of the best safeties in the NFL for about a five year stretch. So, yeah, um, I think all three. Well, with Williams and Smith, I feel like if they were a little more flashy, like an Allen or a Peterson, mm-hmm. even, they'd be. No brainers in the Hall of Fame, but they were kind of they're just quite cool, calm, and collected. Kind of just keep themselves, get their job done. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Jared Allen, I I I agree with you. He's probably the next to get in. Um, all right. So recently, you wrote an article about the last time the Vikings uh had a pass first offense, or at least tried to, because. Recently, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson mentioned how the team's new offense is going to be more based around the passing game, so more pass-first mentality. Uh, and this seems exciting, but we should remember that that the Vikings basically ran a pass-first offense in 2018 when John DeFilippo was the team's offensive coordinator for those 13 games that he was with Minnesota. Um, so you recently wrote about this. Can you just explain... Maybe what went wrong with that Vikings offense in 2018 during the season with DeFilippo calling the shots for, for most of the year? Well, there are a couple of factors that happen, and they're not all Kirk Cousins' fault. Cousins was brought in in 2018 to try and get uh, the offense going. Obviously, the Vikings needed a franchise quarterback, but they also brought in John DeFilippo, who was the hot shot assistant coach uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. So Mike Zimmer was sold on him, but he wound up hiring him anyway, which was stupid. Why didn't he speak up and say something? Maybe he was overruled, but who knows? Anyway, JDF was there. Kirk Cousins was there. 
And I remember Matthew Collar also telling a story about how Kirk was so frustrated during OTAs during a two-minute drill that he wound up chucking the football into the highway right next to TCO Performance Center. So Kirk Cousins? Different, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Frick this! <laughs> throw it into the... <laughs> we just got demonetized, baby. Son of a um, biscuit. So, sorry, sorry, fans. I didn't know. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that envisioning that no, now. That was I'm perfect. just cracking up. Um, like, so, yeah, I, I think what happened with JDF, you had a head coach that did not want to run that kind of offense. He wanted to run ground and pound, zone run, kind of the Kevin Stefanski steam that he brought uh, when he was fired later that season. And you also had a quarterback who was just overloaded with data because that offense was designed for Kirk Cousins to make every decision, protections, where to throw, shifts, everything. Like he was the centerpiece of the offense. And as we've learned, he's like the Ikea quarterback. He needs his instructions in front of him and he needs to follow him right down the list. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I I believe I read that Tony Sperano uh, was basically the person who convinced Mike Zimmer to hire John DiFilippo because because DiFilippo was the I believe his offensive coordinator or the quarterback coach, coach yeah. for the Raiders when Sperano was the, the interim head coach there, um, and he was going to be the guy that kind of was the middleman between DiFilippo and Zimmer, but uh, Sperano. Uh, unexpectedly passed away before that season even began and there was no middleman in the relationship and didn't seem like Zimmer and DeFilippo really had much of a relationship because Zimmer would just go into his press conferences after games just be like yeah we need to run the ball more like I don't know why we're not running the ball more and it's just like you don't need to say this to the public you can tell this to you know DeFilippo behind the doors you don't need to say that Um, but yeah just didn't go well I think the the play like you can be a pass first offense but you have to call the right plays too like when when um you know was the last year with clint kubiak when mike zimmer wanted the ball to be run more they ran the ball a bunch but did they call the right run plays definitely not you know a lot of those plays just running them up the gut or things like that like just to do it just didn't there's no point to it so like with this offense with d filippo i felt like Sometimes he was just calling pass plays just to call them where, you know, maybe it would have been nice to have a change of pace because you got Delvin Cook back there. And yeah, I think they still had Jarek McKinnon uh, to use back there and just throw a bunch of passes uh, around their way. But it just it didn't work out. Uh, did they have McKinnon or did he go to was he with the Niners by then? I want to say I think he might have left actually that year. Mm, yeah, I know I they, had, they had Latavius Murray. Year. They had Latavius mm-hmm. Murray. That's what they had. Um, in 2018. Um, but yeah, just it didn't it didn't go well for whatever reason, and maybe it was just the type of offense because you mentioned how Kirk had to make like a lot of decisions, and that's not something he's really known for. But it sounds like the offense that they're putting in is going to be putting a bunch on his shoulders as well. Uh, maybe not as much as as the one in 2018, but. Can Kirk Cousins be successful? Can he just be successful in a pass-first offense? What do you think? 
I think if the head coach isn't stepping in and screaming at the offensive coordinator, that goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because remember those first four games with Cousins, I mean, I think you take out the Buffalo one because that was kind of a Kirk Cousins clunker. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other three games, he looked pretty good. They went toe for toe with the Rams in Los Angeles when Mike Zimmer's defense failed. Uh, that game in Green Bay where Daniel Carlson missed three kicks. Yep. Kirk Cousins threw a game winning touchdown or a game tying touchdown late. That was a laser to Adam Thielen. Um, yeah, big one to Diggs too. The long bomb to Diggs too. It's there. Yeah. I, I mean, the talent is there for Kirk Cousins. He just needs to get out of his own head. And I think having Kevin O'Connell will help. Now, are we going to see MVP Kirk Cousins? I doubt it. But I think that I think that or he can October wind up. Sorry. I think that he can wind <laughs> up. Uh, I think that he can wind up uh, getting there. Playing well. Um, Playing well. Yeah. He 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 is he will be functional in this offense. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think, and he's, I think having a coach, like you said, like a head coach that believes in the system and, and isn't going to like be down his throat if he throws an interception, which I think is part of the reason why, you know, under Mike Zimmer, when, when Kirk Cousins would throw an interception, he would just kind of curl up into a ball and just throw three yard passes for the rest of the game because he just didn't want to hear it from Mike Zimmer. Even though Zimmer at, at points in the season was like, Kirk, you got to take risks. But, you know, would you really even let him do that, uh, Mike Zimmer? I, I don't know. Uh, but I would like to point out that the best season Kirk Cousins has had with the Vikings came in 2019 when he finished with his lowest single season uh, pass attempt total in Minnesota. And that was uh, when Kevin Stefanski was the offensive coordinator. So, you know, we will find out if if the if Kirk Cousins passing a lot is good for this offense or if the play calling in 2018 was really the the culprit of why that pass for his offense didn't work uh and i'm pretty i'm pretty interested to to find out um all right looking ahead to, to 2022 the next next season training camp now 2 weeks away from getting underway it'll be their first training camp with Kevin O'Connell as as their head coach and their first without Mike Zimmer since 2013. So just, you know, point blank, Chris, what excites you the most about the Vikings upcoming season? I think it's Kevin O'Connell's scheme. I'm starting to think that, you know, this breath of fresh air, which we've criticized a lot on this show, but uh, now that I'm kind of getting close and I'm kind of accepting that Kevin O'Connell is the coach, this is the roster and everything else. You know, I think that he comes in and he wants to maximize his players. He wants to find a role for everyone, which is great because Mike Zimmer only trusted half the roster. Kevin O'Connell's like, what can you do well and how can we uh, how can we maximize that? And I think, too, like Kevin O'Connell has plan A, B and C, like at all times. Mike Zimmer's plan A was run the ball and play great defense. Mike Zimmer's plan B was run the ball and play great <laughs> defense. Mike Zimmer's plan C, you get the idea. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm liking what Kevin O'Connell will do, but that doesn't mean anything until we see it on the field. Yeah, mine's something similar. Um, I'm just, it's more specific maybe where I want to see what this coaching staff can get out of the Vikings' offensive weapons. Because we know they've got the weapons. They've had them for a couple of years now where – in a sense, I look at this team and people might call me crazy, but like the weapons that they have remind me a lot of what 
the the nineteen ninety nine Rams had going into that season before you know we knew them as the the greatest show on turf because you have a veteran quarterback uh, in Kirk Cousins like the Rams had with Kurt Warner. You have a versatile running back in Dalvin Cook like the Rams had with Marshall Falk, uh, and then you have a talented veteran receiver Adam Thielen like the Rams had with Isaac Bruce. And then you have a top notch young receiver in Justin Jefferson like the Rams had with Torrey Holt. So I look at that team and I see, you know, what they were able to do. And I feel like that's kind of like maybe the ceiling because they just they were ridiculous on offense. But I feel like the the Vikings have a similar amount of talent on the roster to the, those Rams. And if, you know, they can figure out a way to get the most out of these players, I think the Vikings are going to have one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, but that, you know, well, if their success level will depend on the thing that worries me the most, which I'll get to in a moment. But, you know, what on the flip side, what worries you the most about the Vikings upcoming season? The roster. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just bringing all these guys back after the yeah. last two yeah. seasons. Yeah. Like it's either Kevin O'Connell's either going to transform this team to a playoff team or a legitimate NFC contender or this roster is going to drag Kevin O'Connell down. But that's what's exciting. You know, we're either going to f- we're going to find out if it's the chicken or the egg. Was Mike Zimmer mm-hmm. a bad coach or do the players just is this like the Minnesota Wild where the top stars ran the asylum? Yeah. yeah. I got to find so so let's see. We've done Twins. I got to find a Timberwolves reference. No, no, no. I I I'm just thinking here. Timmy on Butler. the Bingo Scar well, no, on the bingo scorecard, I said, glue myself on the floor. Timberwolves oh, yeah, reference. you did. <laughs> I said, uh, twins jerseys. That's a yep. twins reference. And now I got a wild reference. So That's there we good. go. We got the I other three. Get the gophers in there. Um, I would say the thing that worries me the most is the defense. Because, yeah, they, they drafted Lewis Seen and they they signed Zedarius Smith and Jordan Hicks and Harrison Phillips. But, like, I don't feel like those, like... Maybe they make a big impact, but I'm not like looking at these guys and be like, oh, this defense is like even top 15 now. Like they could still not be that good. Like last year, the Vikings ranked 29th in points allowed, 25th against the pass, 27th against the run. And it doesn't feel like they did a whole lot other than like be like, okay, these guys are healthy now. So now they'll now we'll be better because they're healthy. But they didn't really do a whole lot to make sure that if some of these guys get hurt, that they're still okay. Uh, the cornerback group is still a huge question mark. Uh, they brought back Patrick Peterson. And then after that, I'm not so sure. Okay. Cameron Dancer has got good PFF grades, but we've seen him make plenty of mistakes on the field. So, you know, what happens when Daniel Hunter or Zadarius Smith gets hurt again? You know, what is this, is their pass rush going to completely disappear? You know, is Lewis seen going to struggle as a rookie? You know, will Ed Donatel succeed without Vic Fangio because he's kind of been uh, riding his coattails, I guess you could say, for the last handful of years? Because uh, he was a defensive coordinator with the Broncos, but Fangio was the coach and it was his defense. So that's something that concerns me a little bit because, you know, as much points as the Vikings can score on offense, they still have to stop the other team from scoring and, uh, you know, I'm just uh, a little worried. It does remind me more of like the late 90s, early 2000s Vikings where they were able to put up a bunch of points, but then the defense just couldn't really rely on them. Sometimes they come up with a stop and sometimes they couldn't. So that's what worries me about the Vikings. Do you have any 
Is there anything that maybe makes you less worried about the Vikings defense this year than last year? <laughs> I don't really know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but I, I think it's youth. I think it's the yeah. fact that this defense has the ability to adapt and come at you in different ways, like losing a complexity mm-hmm. is what we mm-hmm. talk about, right? I, I like the way that it can attack you. Like, Lewis Seen is a freak athlete who could drop back and he covers. He could blitz. Uh, didn't do a lot of blitzing at Georgia, but, I mean, he can do a lot of different things. Cam Bryant, very versatile defender. Um, your corners are a little shaky, but – I think there's enough there to at least find a way to attack these guys. I just get, I get worried like with the top end guys, um, which kind of goes back to the, the roster concern that you have. Cause like a couple of position groups they have where the first or second guy gets hurt. Their, their whole position group is just not good. Uh, quarterback being one of those tight end safety, uh, edge rushers, like, those can be quickly turned into not very good pass rushing groups. And uh, so I, I would have liked to see them add more depth this off season, but I don't know if they had the funds to really do that or they are still trying though. I think they are in the, 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 the sweepstakes or whatever for uh, Indomitian Sioux still. So they're trying to maybe figure something out there. They could always add some people before the season even starts. Um, but I, I would like to see a little bit more experience maybe on in the depth because that's something I feel like the Vikings had uh, when Mike Zimmer had like some of the best defenses. Like he had Eric Wilson uh, as like a backup, but he was really good on special teams, and he could come in and, and make a play or two on defense. He had J. Ron Curse, who would come in and make a couple plays here and there. Guys like that, and I don't know if the Vikings have that. I would like to see them get back to that, but uh, we will see. Um, you got anything else for today on this eventful? Thursday, July 14th. I wish I did, but <laughs> I'm ready for camp to start, man. I We've yeah. done enough filler talk, and oh, yeah. I mean, next week we'll have training camp previews, but yep. I, I'm ready. I'm ready yeah. to see some big meaty men just slapping me <laughs> at TCO Performance yeah, it'll, Center. And it'll start, and then three days later we'll be like, oh. <laughs> when the is the regular start? season? This is yeah. dumb. And <laughs> the preseason start, and then the pre the like first five minutes of a preseason game will go by, and you'll be like, oh, "Okay, I got to go through like three more of these before I get to the regular season." Then yeah, then it starts. Uh, Especially yeah. with Kevin O'Connell, he doesn't play his starters. Yeah, they're not. They're or not. At least gonna... they didn't lost. And Angeles. you know what? He shouldn't. He as no. much as. But you know what? The NFL should also not charge regular price for preseason tickets because that's ridiculous that they do you know what upset me the most last preseason was the fact that mike zimmer was so hell-bent on getting a preseason touchdown he basically sacrificed irv smith jr like (sighs) take his knee football gods here you go give me a preseason touchdown and you know what he didn't get one yeah and it was against so now yeah it wasn't like even if they did score like losing irv smith jr was a big deal last year but they could have got blown out every game it wouldn't have mattered. It's the preseason. Yeah. You're like, uh, yeah, that's that's something that I think is going to be a good change for, for this Vikings team as much as it might be even more boring to watch them in the preseason, preseason. But the preseason isn't for the starters. It's not so they can get like Kirk Cousins getting 10 passes in a preseason game isn't going to make him that much better in uh, 
in the regular season. I think Tom Brady's done pretty well without. Uh, does he? He plays in the preseason sometimes, right? I think wow. like one game. I think he played one game last year or the year before, and I was like, okay, all right. But I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers does. Um, I don't think Mahomes does. No, Mahomes does play. So you know, it's just up to the coaches, I guess. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Cousins was in there for like a couple series or something, just to try and figure some things out, get a hang on the offense in a live setting. But playing a lot, no, they're not. They're not going to do like the dress rehearsal, like play the whole first half or anything like that. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next Monday for the uh, the first half of our training camp preview, uh, and then hopefully that will. Get us there quicker so we can get camp underway, figure out, you know, have some more stuff to talk about. People will be talking. Kirk Cousins will be saying more crazy stuff as usual, and everyone will be overanalyzing it. Um, so can't wait for that. And, uh, yeah, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube to subscribe and like this video and make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, but until next time, Chris and I will talk to you later. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.